What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of everybody's favorite podcast. Kevin, who are we? We are TV channeling. Channeling, channeling. And we're coming to you live, live, live. This is kind of cool because it's a live episode as well. Yeah, we are kicking it in the live stream. Doing it old school. (laughs) Doing it old school. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> so let's. Let, I want to welcome everybody because this is really cool that we're also doing it live stream. So let me welcome everybody over here in the live stream. Thank you so much for being here, Kevin. What are we talking about today? All right, we're wife swapping. I should say housewife swapping stories about the Real Housewives of not one but two franchises we're going in on the real housewives of platomic talking about the season finale everything leading up to what seems to be a very explosive reunion and then we're going to go in on salt lake city because a lot of stuff is happening in this episode that we're going to be talking about is actually the penultimate to the arrest of Jen Shaw. So it is going down. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so let's talk about Potomac first. Have you oh, Okay, been... Ho- hold on. Before we get to Potomac, I just have to ask, did you hear the news that there's going to be a Real Housewives of Dubai? Yes, I did. Hear okay. A Real Housewives of Dubai, which brings up a lot of questions because let's just be real. Okay. This franchise in particular has a huge game following. A lot of the people behind the scenes and producers are also gay. Andy Cohen. Yeah, go ahead. No, Andy Cohen is the the head, one in charge, and he's gay. So this is is interesting. Yeah, and so doing a franchise in a place where it is illegal to be gay and I believe like punishable by death or something, just... I, I I can't wait to see who the glam squads are for these ladies in Dubai because uh, like they're gonna look ratchet. I don't know how it's gonna work. Well, to be honest, not to belabor the point, but I I'm not as sure about the UAE's rules, but I think they're not as stringent because it is an international center. Because there are a lot of other people that live there. Now, granted, you still have to abide by the rules, but I think it's not like, for example, a Saudi Arabia. So I think it's a little bit looser because they did green light this and i'm sure they know what this is so i'm I'm interested to see well it'll be interesting to me how many expats like people that are from north america are going to be members of this cast of housewives well there's already an expat from uh, she was on what is it the ladies of london that that franchise that they had on bravo so she has now since moved to the uae so she's one of the confirmed cast members so we've got a londoner yeah so I, i'll be shocked if there's uh, any people that are actually from dubai originally that are there in this cast but um It's definitely going to get a lot of people talking. I mean, let's face it. When the Beverly Hills Housewives filmed in Dubai, it's amazing looking. The the amount of wealth there and the way it is displayed is unparalleled. I mean, the infrastructure there is the U.S. should be ashamed. (laughs) I'm I'm jealous. I'd live in Dubai. 
Wow. Well, anyway, well, I won't be visiting you. But anyway, but I'll look, <laughs> look forward to seeing your uh, your Instagram feed and all of all of the opulence that will be surrounding you. Oh, well, if you can't visit, it's no fun to live there. So anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's talk about the franchises that already are uh, in existence and already uh, filming. So I'm curious about Potomac. Have you been watching this season? This is yet another uh, one of the Real Housewives franchises trying to film in the middle of a pandemic and still be compelling and still have these like, you know, every season there's certain things that happen. There's always these quote unquote girls trips where there's all this tension between the friends. Like, you know what? Let's all go to blank and that'll help us solve and like heal and we'll get a fresh start. That's another thing. Nobody has more fresh starts than real housewives. They are always <laughs> trying to heal and start from scratch and we're moving forward constantly. They have more fresh starts than fresh star kitty litter. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. Well, a lot of cat fight, so they should have some kitty litter. You 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 got that damn right. My thing is like this is so contrived. At this point, we know that whenever they go on a trip, they either do one of two things. They um no, they always do this. They always invite the people that have a problem because they think they can hash it out. You know good and damn well they can't hash it out. They don't like each other. You're just doing this for good TV. So say that. Say that, producers. You're doing this for good TV. And I can't say that I blame you. That is the nature of a reality show of this type. But don't do it under the pretense of, oh, well, if we get together, it'll be a fresh start. I want You all don't want to see peace. You don't want to uh, see no, peace. That's not, that's not fair, Tachi, because that time that you and I weren't speaking, when we ended up in London together... That did help heal our friendship on top of uh, Big Ben. We managed to hash it out there, and we were okay. You're, you're right. I'm sorry, because she by Sheree came and gave us some she by Sheree t-shirts, and, <laughs> and all was good. <laughs> and, when, and when it turned out that there were no actual factions there, like, how dreadful. How dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> No, my favorite things about the trips is when people have to have these confrontations and they're always in the most scenic locations. Like on Beverly Hills, Kyle, when Kyle and Lisa Vanderpump were feuding, it's just like, you know what, we're going to settle this once and for all while we're here uh, in Paris. Let's have this discussion here at the Eiffel Tower. Let's settle this now. Wait, we were in a hotel for days. We couldn't talk, but now we're going to have this out on the Eiffel Tower. Exactly. Or, or they do, and you know, I hate to waste good food. They will go to the uh, most trendy, swankiest restaurant, right? And like, okay, yeah, I'll take the uh, Caesar salad with uh, gold flakes on it. And then they get into a fight and leave the damn food. If you don't go back and get that damn food, that bothers me for some reason. And I know that is beyond the point, but you're wasting good food. Oh, but you know, that reminds me, that was one of my favorite fights on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I think it was this past season where um, Kenya and I can't remember one of the newer housewives. Oh, it was Drew Sedora, I yes, think. Where yes. <laughs> and Drew was like, oh, yeah, could you have this um, they they got their food boxed up and left. They were not leaving that food there, even if they weren't speaking. That was yeah. Drew was like, uh uh, but you pack mine up. Kudos to Drew Sedora. All right, she's a member of the Clean Plate Club. That's All right. right. So let's talk about what was going on in Potomac. This a whole episode 
was about the vow renewal. Yes. Yes. Can we start with with what the obvious is? What? The damn dress. I loved her dress. And I know we are, you know, kind of jumping, but the whole thing was about the vow renewal. Her dress was everything. Bedazzled. Well, who her is. Her is Karen. Oh, I'm sorry. Karen, Karen Huger. Karen Huger, right. They're doing a vow renewals. They've been married for 25 years. She and her, in her own words, she didn't know if they were going to make it. There, there have been all sorts of things that have happened since the time, including the um, IRS coming after them in a paddy wagon. Uh, the, the fact that he said, um, he was asked, are you in love with her? And he said, I think I am. I was like, oh, well. Since Dang. you don't know, since you don't know, I bid you adieu, sir. I said it good day. A confident thing. Well, I no, think I think I am. Maybe. I mean, the 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 way his voice went up at the end of that sentence lets you know if you know anything about grammar school and inflection. That was he was not sure, so she didn't even know that they were going to make it. So the fact that uh, they are doing this vow renewal, I guess, is pretty remarkable in and of itself. And so she said, "I'm going to meet my man in a glorified diamond." That's what she did. Her dress was a glorified diamond. It was gorgeous. gorgeous. Wow. Okay. See, I. Okay, there's a lot going on with that dress. Now, there's the whole bottom of it was mm-hmm. so big and so like poofy, and she had to walk up like I don't know why they had to have this wedding. The Wendy wedding venue she chose, you had to walk up like eighteen flights of stairs to get up to where the thing was. And one of the shadiest things was it was kind of delicious. I think it was uh, uh, Candace. Uh, or was it Wendy? I can't remember which one of them was saying how, like, wait, is this going to be, like, on a jumbotron so we can see what's actually happening? Because where, <laughs> exactly. the, where the bulk of the people were seated, the wedding vow renewal was happening up upstairs, so they couldn't see it. They couldn't see, right. It, was, it could not have been staged uh, worse. So I think clearly they got some heterosexuals from Dubai to come and set the whole thing up. <laughs> Because it could not have been put together more poorly for the people that are there. I don't know why they chose that space. Okay, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Now, the the way they made the space look at the, with the you know the way they they decorated it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. But if you notice, it was in a strip mall somewhere. Did you notice that? Yeah, did, did I, that's not okay. That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand why of all the places in the world. Because that's probably what they could afford. See, we are all fooled into the fact that all the these real housewives have buku money falling over themselves. Maybe they do. Maybe they bloody do. But just coming off of the heels of not doing too well, having to pay back IRS, I'm sure they're still paying back some things. So they're having to be a little bit lean in what they spend money on. And they just moved to a new house back in Potomac, which is extremely expensive. They don't have money for an extravagant vow renewal. So they said, let's just get this place in this strip mall. We can kit it out and it'll look beautiful. But again, you're limited as to what you can have to do. So the place was probably smaller. They maximized it by having vertical space that's what they could afford that's yeah, my but Tashi, wait okay if, let's say that what you're saying is absolutely true this is a money situation if you just bought a fabulous new house why can't you have it in your backyard and have it outside that makes more sense it's safer in the in the age of covid instead of having all these people without masks in an enclosed space 
Why not have it outside? All the money spent to decorate that warehouse. Oh, not for the Grand Dame, darling. They could. Well, you could. I think it would have been grander to didn't have people pull up to uh, 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 pull up to your wedding event and get out of their car right next to a, a, a baby gym and uh, a pizza place. You I, know what? I feel I, like yeah. I, so I it'd be better to have it in your backyard of your beautiful estate. No, you're true, true. Okay, but in all fairness, I will say this too. There's often an issue with that type of thing. I mean, they kind of probably made it work. When I was having my graduation party, um, when I got my PhD, uh, the first thing I did was look. I have a friend who lived near Potomac, not too far from there. And he said, well, you can have your, your party here. The logistics of getting everybody to park and do things there was nightmarish. So sometimes these neighborhoods, they don't have really any place to park. And it's really a nightmare to get everybody there. So that probably was another thing. A strip mall, you've got nothing but parking. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> let it go. Let I it go. That, that was a mistake. First of all, one of the things Giselle has some kind of issue where she uh, uh, has like some kind of boot on where she, uh, she hurt her foot or her leg. And so when you invite somebody who's, I guess, a frenemy or something, somebody you have an ongoing relationship with that comes to all your events, even though you're not friends, whatever that is. She she's invited to the event and the moment she comes in, she's met with this like 15 flights of stairs and she like looks at it and like, uh oh, and then like, uh, uh, you know, starts ascending the never ending staircase. And then later when Karen has to go up the stairs with her son walking her uh, to the aisle, it was looking dicey about her getting up there and trying to pull the, the dress up. The dress was not conducive with the stairs. The stairs was not conducive with people being able to see the vow renewal, which was this was all about. So basically, they were listening to a vow renewal, not seeing it. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know what? If what's his face is here, he would say, how dreadful. So Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm saying how dreadful. I, I agree with you. I don't think that that was the proper venue for what they wanted to do. I definitely would have gone with someplace else. The backyard may not have been an issue because of parking considerations, but I... I I used to live in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. There are plenty of places she probably could have done this at beyond um, uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Excuse me. Did I say that? I did. Oh, you know, it's weird. I was actually thinking, I'm like, I think Chuck E. Cheese would have been a better fit. Those <laughs> ball pits are fun. All right. So let's get down to because we got two shows to talk about it. Our time is limited. So yes. let's talk about uh, some of the stuff that was going on at the Val Renewal. There was also tension between uh because this was the very first time apparently that uh two of the husbands uh were getting together since the the season finale last year where there was a showdown between the husbands of uh candace's husband and uh ashley's husband right uh, if you remember this uh finale last year uh candace was saying some horrible stuff to ashley and about Ashley, and so um, Ashley's husband went to Candace's husband and said, hey, you know, you need to get some control on your wife, and then um, Chris, I believe is his name, just kind of went all the way off and actually put his hands on Ashley's husband, and um, it almost, uh, well, it did get kind of physical, and then people kind of stopped it from going even further, and so the crazy thing to me was, 
when um what's her name? Uh, Robin was trying Robin's husband was trying to basically help them squash the beef and he was trying to get them to talk. And so Candace gets up and gets upset and says that this is the height of or the whitest privilege she's ever seen. Yes. Because Ashley's husband, I believe his name is Michael. Michael. Michael um, felt like the one to apologize should be the one who got physical. And I have a lot of problems with Michael, Ashley's husband. The laundry list is long and deep. But in this case, I believe he was all the way right. You know what, though? No, I don't think he was all the way right. Because the whole thing is, if you're instigating, first of all, you don't come to somebody and say you need to get some control over your wife as if he's not doing his job, as if that's something to do. Like, you can control Ashley anyway. But he, if you notice... You mean, no, you mean uh, uh, Candace. Sorry, Candace, yeah, as if he could control Aunt Candace anyway. But if you notice, he put his hand kind of like on his shoulder first, like, you need to get some control of your wife, to which he then said, you need to get the F out of my face. And then he just kept at it. At some point, and you know, in a way, I mean, I see what, that was off the mark, but I see what she was saying. Michael is used to things going his way. He's used to people jumping when he says jump. So when he's telling you to do something and you're like, you need to get out of my face. And he kept pressing the issue. Leave. You, you kept pressing the issue. So absolutely, he should not have gotten physical with him. But... You kept pressing the buttons. It's the same thing with like Kenya and uh, Kenya, the things Kenya does. Yeah, she doesn't put her hands on you, but she pushes your buttons until you are forced to put hands on her. So that's my feeling on that. I'm sorry. Uh uh-uh. uh. I can't give this to him. I can't give this to Chris. And he's like my favorite husband on Potomac. But um, I can't give this to him. He went all the way off and way too quick. Michael tapped him on the shoulder. So if you have your back to me and I tap you on the shoulder, Tanchi, you can't be like, well, Kevin started the thing. He got physical first. Like, no, that is not getting physical with somebody. Tapping on the shoulder. Hey, I try to get your attention. You, there's a, We're in a crowded venue in a, a crowded event, and there's a lot of people talking. You can't hear me. I'm saying something to you. I tap you on the shoulder. That is not getting physical. He was the one who took it from zero to 60. No, 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 no. But Michael pushes buttons. You know there's tension between your wives. So if I'm saying that and you say you need to get the F out of my face, leave it. He kept pressing the issue. He was pressing buttons because he's used to getting his way. Well, to me, what Chris could have just as easily said was just what you said. I, you know, you met Candace. I can't control her. She's my wife. She's not my, she's not my trained dog. So she's going to do what she wants to do. If your wife doesn't like what she's saying, I suggest she stop hanging around her. Yeah, he could have done that too. He could have done that too. I feel like in the only person, when, when something like this goes down, the person who should apologize or at least apologize first is the person who got physical. You could be right. You could be right. But I think the thing is, people also have to look at what did I do to cause this reaction? You're not in it. He's not innocent in this. So I just don't want, I don't think that simply because he did not put hands on Chris, that he is not, that he's innocent in this. No, you pushed his buttons and people react differently. So you have to, you th- if you think everybody's docile, you're going to come up against the wrong one. That's all I have to say. 
Yeah, All right. Okay. Walk. Well, anyway, we can agree to disagree. I just uh, the whole idea that it was white privilege of him thinking that he should get an apology when somebody physically attacked him. I don't think is wrong. No, no, no. That's not white privilege. That's definitely privilege. It's his privilege, and he just happens to be white. But he was privileged in thinking that. So, well, not for the apology, but in the fact that he could keep pressing the issue. I think. But I think the way that Candace was saying. This is the most white privilege thing I've ever seen. I was like, okay, did we have to take it there? I, I don't know that that's, that that's fitting in this case. Definitely a privilege thing, but not in the white privilege way she was thinking. Well, the funny thing is the way that, uh, that Chris went off on Michael last year is the way he should have gone off on his wife this year. His wife has been dragging him pretty much all season. Everybody been, everybody's been talking about him being a husbander, like basically kind of a male version of Chris uh, Jenner, basically, uh, you know, controlling her family, the Kardashians, that he's basically his whole life and career is managing Candace's career, which is not a great life. But um, she <laughs> literally, when, when, he, when he's trying to talk to her about the white privilege thing being too far, and, and she basically uh, uh, tells him... You, you better get the f out of my uh, out of my face. The way she talked to him, to me, that kind of way of talking to anybody, period, is something that could destroy a marriage. But to do that on camera to a husband who's already getting ridden on social media for apparently and by your own mother and family and friends about the fact that. All he really has going on is being, you know, in charge of your career. But what does she have going on? It's not going great. Right. And before, remember, her mother was paying all their bills, according to uh, her on the show. So I'm like, neither one of them is a catch to be had. I'm just saying, simply because she's gorgeous and all of that. I think I mean, that's not a job. So I'm like, what, what else do you do? What do you do? Maybe. Well, anyway, so the but the point is when he's when she said that to him and she stormed off, um, like you know, get the f out of my face. He basically just said f my life. It's like no, you should be saying f my wife, and you need to be calling a divorce attorney. Someone needs to basically come like a, in the middle of the night, um, and and and, and rush him into some kind of emotionally battered husband center. Uh, to get him away from her because she is a horrible person in every way, shape, or form. She is a disgusting person. She has no training, no home training. I feel like he is the best husband on that show, which isn't the highest of praise. No, I'm like, is that supposed to be accolades? Not not that he's he is the best on the show, and the way he talked to her about the thing, he's like, you know, you kind of took it a little bit too far, but she doesn't like to be told anything either. So that whole she's used to getting her way as well, and she doesn't like to be told anything either. So how dare you even open your mouth to form those words against your husband when he was just simply trying to bring for something forward. She, but we've seen so many incidents of the exact same thing where she right. does something that's way over the line and he tries to be like, you know, babe, I don't think that was right for you to... She attacked Ashley about the way Ashley looks as a, a call, call, calling her like a slave and all kinds of ugly um, talking about her appearance, calling her fat and just all kinds of really ugly, disgusting things. And um, I don't know if you saw the episode where they were on one of those healing trips and um, uh, Wendy had rented some house for them. Yeah, I did see it. 
Yeah, and Michael was started to try and lay some groundwork and heal his relationship with Ashley, and they were getting to a better place. Just but then, of course, his wife starts saying some super ugly stuff, getting salad thrown at her, calling people's mothers low budget and stuff like that. I mean, just she is the worst. She really is, and she really needs to get some for real counseling, not this little show counseling where you go for a couple of episodes. She needs for real counseling. Like, if something is not right with her, so she needs to heal that. And you can't have good functional relationships unless you have a good functional relationship with yourself. So she needs to heal. Well, the uh, remember last season she got uh, uh, physically attacked by i can't remember what her name is oh um yeah she's gone now i forgot all about monique monique yeah and so it almost got physical with her and mia when she started attacking mia's mother and she claimed that she didn't know about mia's mother's history of substance abuse which she knew and she instantly goes there with like your mother and she's especially with her and so uh, you can't tell me that this is some kind of accident that no matter what the whatever they're discussing your mama your mother's low budget your mother's this your mother's that instantly comes flying out of her mouth no matter what the subject or situation is she's going uh to say something about this woman's mother so and what she says about ashley and calling her a milkmaid and all this kind of stuff and isn't she somebody who's also struggled to conceive herself absolutely so the thing is i i'll give it to ashley that she didn't throw that up in her face not that you should anyway as a good person but it's like you can see how that would happen but um yeah she has struggled to conceive and so it, it's really interesting that you have all this to say yet you have all these um issues yourself now that's that now let's just say this the struggle to conceive is may not be her that could be chris too so you never know what where the issue is but they have, as a couple have struggled so well, all the more reason for chris to get to stepping but anyway oh. um also <laughs> speaking of troubled relationships let's talk about robin and juan and uh, people mm. places. so uh it came up at the uh at the vow renewal and it came up beforehand the issue about robin and juan who still that's another thing they're still engaged they were engaged last year or the year a year plus ago at the season finale of last season which was you know longer ago because of covid um he asked her to marry him even though they have children uh so they're supposed to be moving forward then it came up the idea are they going to have another child and so robin did something insanely crazy and asked him if he would be more of of a participant of uh, what's the word i'm looking for uh more participatory be more, involved, more, be more uh, yeah that or be a more involved parent this time around and he went all the way off like uh, yelling at the camera people get this microphone off of me and got, got it Lily drove away like almost ran over her feet kind of thing which was like incredibly unreasonable and stupid because if he claims like oh this isn't fair and she asked me did you have you ever changed a diaper and he claimed that he had or had been a part of the whatever clearly I think anybody who's being remotely honest realizes that no he was not hands-on and yes that that's the past why couldn't he have just said you know what the man i was 
11, 12, 13 years ago is not the man I am now. And so I hate the fact that you have to ask this, but my answer is yes. If I didn't change enough diapers, in my recollection, I'd at least changed a couple, but fine. Will I be more present? Absolutely. Than I was then. And if you want to talk about the the distribution of responsibilities with another child, let's have that discussion. But he was so immature the way he stormed off when they were at the warehouse for her business. I'm doing air quotes you can't see. And then (laughs) um, at the vow renewal, he also got upset with any discussion about the reality of who they are and where they've been. As if she's supposed to have amnesia about what they went through before is insane to me. Um, this should be, a, you know, the big thing now is this red flag emoji, which is stupid, but that should be a red flag emoji. Um, if he is going uh, bouncing off the walls about something that he's supposed to do, how the hell do you think he's going to act when you finally do get married? And, and you know, part of the reason that they are you know, d- divorced now was obviously because of some infidelity, that, you know, the problems with him not being present, that type of thing. I, I love I how you use the term some infidelity as if, like, basically boning any, anything in a tight skirt it's like some infidelity. No, 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 no. I mean, there's been infidelity. I'm just saying there's been some uh, level of infidelity. There's been there's been a lot going on. So she's put up with a lot. So the fact that you even are buying a house or building a house together, to me, is like you're trying really hard to make this work and forgive and forget. Uh, is he trying equally as hard? I'm not saying he's not. But he has, you know what? When you do something to that level that it causes divorce, you have no rights. So you have no... No business storming off, getting me. I'm tired of you. No, answer the damn question. I'm not trying to get into the same same situation again. It is a valid question. Are you the hell going to change some diapers and do what the hell you're supposed to do this time? Your only answer should be yes, not storming off. Storming off means you're running from something. Should I run too? Just saying. Oh, yes. Oh, she needs to run to the exact same shelter that Chris needs to run to. Thank you. Like note to self or note to of uh, uh, out loud note to them. I feel like Chris. I feel like Robin. Dream team, new couple. Is we need to rearrange these chairs on the Titanic because the ones that the the, the, pe- the people you riding with right now are sinking your ship. So Robin, you need a new man. Chris, you need a new woman. I'm just saying. <laughs> Can you imagine saying. how messy that would be? Although, oh, it would be all the way amazing. It would be. But okay, speaking of messy, speaking of messy, yeah. I talk about Giselle. Let's talk about Giselle. What my favorite thing when when she's being asked while she's uh um, while they're having dinner at the vow renewal and unable to see the vow renewal, the um somebody asked her about is she dating and so. Apparently, for that moment in time, she was dating uh, some uh, some kind of sports reporter or something. And um, he's younger than her. He's like in his early 30s or something. And so when she's asked that, she puts her napkin over her face and she's responding to um, uh, Robin's husband. or I'm sorry, Robin's almost maybe husband. And so I'm like, why are you covering your face? You're still miked. We can still hear you talking, so that's weird. She wouldn't name him, but she would name what his job was. 
and how old he was. So there was that. Then when she's being asked questions by the producer during her confessional, she's like, none of your business, none of your business. Every question, none of your business. He goes, you can keep asking me questions, and the answer is going to continue to be none of your business. It's just like, isn't it weird that we keep asking you questions about your personal life while you're here on a show about your personal life? I'm, I'm wondering, is his first, does the first names rhyme with Shamal? <laughs> well, whatever his name is, it's over already anyway. So that we did find that out uh, right. in the little ending thing because this was the final episode of the season. So it ends with a little, with a little, uh, with a little bit of information about where things are in each of the women's lives. Right. And so we learned that she's no longer dating this guy. But what was amazing was the uh, last week's episode where her daughter is basically said that she's like an ice cold stone cold bitch and that uh, they have not gotten any kind of uh example of a good healthy relationship in all of their lives between their mother and their father that was one of the most startling things to hear but to hear it on television was like damn well you know it's um i i think too they were not happy you know initially when uh, she and Pastor Jamal Bryant were going to get back together um, because the the whole reason, again, was infidelity. He had a child out of wedlock and they're in the church. That's the most embarrassing thing ever. Embarrassing thing ever. So, of course, the girls. Well, when you never- date a pastor, there will be illegitimate children. I think that kind of goes with the territory. I don't. There will be really breakfasts, and there will be uh, children out of wedlock. Had with yeah, that's just hello. Oh wow. Okay. Well, no, not all the time. But oh, in- yeah. All right. And I guess there isn't uh, oxygen all the time. Okay. Wow. Okay. You said that's like oxygen. I'll leave that one alone. All Moving right. On. Oh, one other thing. Let's mention that Macy Gray, of all yes, people, was at the vow renewal and sang uh, for um, the grand dame uh, Karen and her husband. Oh, one other thing the producers did that was like super shady. They did like a montage to show us like the journey that Karen and her husband have been on, the the bad times, but then the good, where Karen is in a bathtub telling her husband to take off his clothes and to join her in this uh, bathtub for this seductive moment, which was super cringy and super uncomfortable. It was so cringy. I'm, you know what though? Is it cringy because they're older? Or no, and I'm going to tell you what, wait, wait, here we go. Here we go. I knew you were going to try and accuse me of that, but, First of all, it was cringy because, A, publicly she's talked about on her own show about how she's not attracted to her husband's penis. Once you get on TV and talk about your husband's penis not being right, that's not – so there's that. A, we know the nature of filming, Tachi. So when you're in a bathtub seductively telling your husband to take off his clothes, there's a camera crew right there. There's light guys. There's guys with with the sound. There's, uh, you know, so there's that. There's people there. So that's weird. Just like it was also weird, Ashley, last week, because she's, uh, you know, feeling like her and her husband haven't been particularly sexual since she had her second baby. And so she invites him to a hotel to have a, a sultry night. And so she's wearing this dress that's way too small for her. Um, It's like it's like she got like a child size double zero 
uh, uh, strapless like leopard uh, print dress. Who's making those for kids? I don't know why they are. They shouldn't. But anyway, she got <laughs> oh, one boy. from Kids R Us, and she squeezes herself into it, and then she's like doing some strip tease for him or whatever. That was insanely uncomfortable to watch. Okay, now again. Is it uncomfortable to watch because Michael is older? Now, I'm not saying you are saying this, but are do we think, would that have been the same, if it was Robin and Juan, would it have been super cringy? Yes, because it feels like we're doing it. It's a, it felt like a display for us, the audience, as opposed to a genuine, genuine moment between a couple. At least oh, that's what yeah. it felt like to me. Oh, yeah. All of this is display because I'm like, now, if twice, I could see that moment between, say, Robin and Candace's husband, Chris, I feel like oh, that would be a good moment oh, we'd all enjoy. Oh, at least I would. Oh, okay. oh, oh anyway. <laughs> trying to stir up stuff. Don't we have another show to go to? Oh, wait, but one more thing. Go talk about cringy things. Let's talk about, I need to hear comments on two things before we end our talks of Potomac because it's going to be on fire next week with the uh the beginning of the reunion and uh formerly zen Wen, who's not at all zen is accusing uh in the teaser um she's accusing maya of saying that she in fact had some kind of something sexual with chris um uh um uh, um chris candace's husband so candace candace's husband's chris you're doing the right thing, looking away from Candace, but you're looking in the wrong direction. You need to look at Robin. So there's that. And then, speaking of cringy, let's talk about Mia's husband. What is up with him? He is disturbing in several levels. That whole tongue thing he did to Karen, that was I will nasty. never be able to unsee that. that c- super cringy. And you, to say your words, cringy. Oh my god, with a capital cringe. But anyway, so I cannot wait for the reunion. It's going to be fire. Wendy kept talking, kept saying over and over again, you said he tossed your salad. You said he tossed your salad. And I'm telling you right now, this episode is not sponsored by Hidden Valley Ranch. So we are not talking about that kind of salad. (laughs) It is going to be on. So I'm wondering, I mean, obviously, when they uh, edit these things, they pick the juiciest and best part. So I'm want, I'm wanting to hear the context of this before I make any judgment calls. Oh, my God. But, Tati, what possible context? I, look, I'm trying to, I am trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. I am trying to give them the, I am trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, Kevin. <laughs> okay, unless they went to a soup plantation together. And then she said, oh, he tossed my salad for me. And then, yes, then I will agree. Maybe they went to Sweet Green. Hmm? (laughs) Maybe they were having lunch at Sweet Green. And he said, it doesn't look like your dressing is on all of the lettuce. Let me help you by tossing your salad. Maybe that's what happened, huh? (laughs) Yes, and that's why Wendy kept yelling and repeating it over and over again. Apparently, it is wrong to toss another woman. You are not supposed to. That's right. You're married. You don't let her toss her own Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is, her husband showed that he's more than willing to use that tongue. So anyway, that's another story. So, all right, let's, 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 you know what, Tachi, let's get our ski outfits on. And okay, let's go on over. (laughs) 
to Salt Lake City. Let's do it. All right. So, first of all, what did you think of the fact that, and again, maybe I'm being of uh, the dick in this story. You tell me. Lisa Barlow, the whole, the show starts with the fact that her sons, one who's like 15 and the Mm -hmm. other one who's like nine, Mm -hmm. are having an event for their business. They have a line of uh, men's, uh, 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 it's uh, hair care and beard care called yeah, hair care. Um, yes. so Fresh her, Wolf. Her nine-year-old and then at the time, I guess, 14-year-old son decided to create a, a line of men's uh, uh, hair care and beard care products. Um, like, you know, like like normal kids do. They just like, yeah, let's create their, our own line of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, uh, hair care products for men. And they're having an event um, where my favorite, th- I love this so much. So, because of the fact that Lisa's husband was uh, in the foster care system, this is a very important issue to their kids. And so, mm-hmm. when they're having an event for their company, they want to also uh, use that as a chance to help out children in the foster care system. And so, for every container of a beard conditioner or hair conditioner or shampoo they sell, they will also give one to children in the foster care system. Because, you know, the saddest thing is when you see a kid in foster care <laughs> whose beard is not well conditioned, nothing makes me sadder, Tachi. I'm like, oh, so look at how badly conditioned that kid's beard is. Huh. His hair is not quite spiked right. We need to give him some gel. Um, his, his beard looks so dry and unconditioned. And when, But finally... Those kids are going to get the help they need. <laughs> In the arms of an angel, far away from here. They're going to get some mustache wax. Those kids are going to be looking so good. I'm just like, wait, what? They're going to give what? For everyone they sell, they're donating one to these kids. Oh, just like that. Oh, how very St. Jude's of them. You are angel. Okay, now I missed that, so I'm glad you brought it up because I thought that they were giving some of the proceeds from the sales to them, not no. actual. So they're trying to be like Tom's shoes. Buy a pair, we'll give a pair. Yes. The yes. hell. Yes. The hell. What the hell is that about? Today on what the hell is this? Just like you see so many of these sad these kids in foster care, they're just their beards don't look right. But finally, they're gonna be <laughs> they're gonna be gorgeous. So there's that, and the idea, and for some reason, Lisa kept saying over and over again that this is her this is her kids' business. They decided to do it. This is all their own. And my favorite thing is when they're having the event and they're having a photo shoot and stuff like this, and she's actually saying to the camera, like, you know what? The event that my sons threw, this is just an amazing event that they're throwing and the caterers are there. I'm like, so your nine-year-old found a caterer? i just serious. I just can't. And they found I the venue. Know. They got the, no, this is their business. What I don't understand is, you know what? I, I feel like, um, I feel like Karen should have reached out to their sons on, uh, on Salt Lake City and asked them to uh, help pick a wedding venue for her because these kids know how to throw. <laughs> yeah. a so exactly, exactly, because Karen could have used your help because beyond that their help. thing. Oh my mm. god! And for and for every overdone wedding dress that was way too tight, 
and showing. Uh, no, it was too tight. It was too tight, but I still liked it. The bottom could have been different. The ruffles were too much, but I liked the bodice. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. So let's talk about what happened at the event. Let's get cut to the chase because there was real news that happened at this event. So when, um, <laughs> now you may think this is wrong, Taji, but what a shock are you thinking I'm, I'm wrong for saying stuff? But when the, uh, when we're seeing this event with all of the glitterati showing up for this event that these kids are throwing, anyway, um, we see a black man in the background. And as soon as I saw that black man, I'm like, mm, okay. And, and you know what? He stands out. So he's okay. there like, He's there for a reason. Go what ahead. What is he doing there? And what is it? He's not just some random person who's at the event. And, of course, it turns out that he wasn't. It turns out that he had some kind of past uh, relationship with uh, a, a pastor, uh, Mary. Is she known as a pat? What is she called? Um, I don't know if they call her reverend or pastor or prophetess. I don't know what they call her, but she's a minister. Yes. So anyway, so um, so anyway, so uh, Mary Crosby, uh, whatever her whatever her title is. This this guy had some kind of past interaction with her, and he was actually some kind of pastor at her church at one point. And so Meredith um, is there at Lisa's son's event that they threw themselves with a camera crew and a red carpet. <laughs> they, all, they all did that themselves, and, and all the beard oil you could you could use. Go ahead, all, that orphans can use. But anyway, yep. so <laughs> anyway. Um, just, oh, uh, um, uh, Lisa's like, oh, uh, Lisa, I want you to meet my friend. And so she introduces, she introduces, um, uh, this guy to, uh, Cameron to, uh, Meredith, who is friends with Mary. And so he basically warns her once he finds out how, oh, I went to, oh, I went, uh, Meredith shares that she went to the, uh, went to Mary's church and had an amazing time. Her and her husband went there and they just love her to pieces. And he basically says, oh, you need to be careful. And um, he says a whole bunch of cryptic things uh, about like, oh, they were, they were doing some things, her and her husband, and you need to uh, be careful and the truth will be revealed. And so, of course, Meredith is like, well, what do you mean? What What's going on? And he says, you know, he will not elaborate. He goes, that's M- Mary's story to tell. Just like, well, what do you mean that's Mary's story to tell? Why would you even say that you were involved and there was some shady stuff going on in the church, but you're not going to reveal it? And then you just like leave out of nowhere. Now, come on. That. You know the producers want that kind of stuff, but don't tell exactly what happened. Just kind of foreshadow. This is coming up again in another episode. Because if you tell it, then no. It's well, better you know than it... But you know what's even weirder, though? This guy, uh, 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 this guy actually died. Um, the one that the the one that's uh, sharing this like you know weird information that he won't be completely forthcoming with. Wait, he, he died was, when? Yeah, he died June third of this year. Oh my gosh! Two, he died two and a half months after they filmed the. Uh, he was filmed at that event. He was thirty three years old. Now I'm not saying that God smited him for going against Mary. I'm just saying that's what it looks like happened. Did they say what happened? I need to oh, know. Oh, that's another mysterious thing. The cause of his death was not announced. 
I think death by lightning bolt, if you ask me. I think something uh, wicked this way comes in Salt Lake City. That's all I have to say. Yeah, uh, uh, Mary does not play. And also we learn about Mary t- uh, at a lunch that Mary has um, uh, what pastor, St. Mary, whatever her name, whatever we're supposed to be calling her. Mother <laughs> St. <Superior>. Mary. <laughs> so she had lunch with Heather and uh, Whitney, and she reveals that she hasn't talked to her mother in 25 years. Years. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But can I get to the to the gist of what bothers me about this? Oh, the, go for it. The fact that she hasn't talked to her mother in twenty five years, and because um, there was this whole tift over, according to her, her mother feeling like her life. Mary's life should be hers, meaning the mother, meaning that, so we all know that Mary is actually married to her step-grandfather. Is that what he is? Yep. The step-grandfather. Because the grandmother, I guess on her deathbed, said, told him that he wanted her to marry her, one of the daughters, and it was her, one of the granddaughters. Yes. Mary's mother feels like that should have been her and her life and her. Ch- I said, how bloody dysfunctional is this that you're jealous that your daughter has married her step grandfather and you wish it was you? How dreadful. That's well, first the- of all, Tachi, you are a professor. I think you need to look up the definition of the word tiff. Because I don't think this qualifies as a tip. Look, no, I don't think this is a this is a tip. I'm just using that as a as a as a you know a light word to lighten the mood. This is an all out brouhaha. This is a verbal brawl. This is a disownment, an excommunication from the family, if you will. This well, I is think that, huge. I think this speaks to how the the the, uh, the grandmother wanted to pass this church apparently was very valuable and so she wanted to pass it along i guess through the to the to the granddaughter but via the husband if the 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 grandmother owned that church she could have left it directly to her daughter i don't know why she had had to go through this husband or whatever like they had to pass the church through along with like the the granddaughter whatever it's super creepy super cringy all of it um, and this is not an ageism thing. It's just creepy. No, that's how, nasty. I don't that, care how hot your uh, your step grandfather is. You don't need to be. That is just weird. Any penis that's been near or in, I hate to say it, your grandmother should not yeah. come anywhere near you. That is just all kinds of wrong. And also, I, what I don't understand about Mary uh, Crosby um uh pope mary crosby i don't, I don't understand <laughs> when you, how you go on television you have a church about your relationship with god and um on the ten commandments and all that kind of thing and you get on tv and say that you haven't spoken to your mother for 25 years and you have no intentions of ever speaking to her again and you like and 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 nothing can heal that it's just like wait isn't it can't god do all things no, God can do what you want God to do. <laughs> that That's what that boils down to. If she God, is picking God, and choosing. If God through Moses can part the Red Sea, can he bring Mary and her mother back together? It's nope. Just the fact that she can say it with such confidence. It's like, oh, no, there's nothing. We can never. Uh-uh, I'm not ever talking to that bitch again. Well, like, uh, apparently forgiveness is not part of the doctrines in their church. So, you know. 
No. All right. I just thought that was also very, very interesting. Also, something I want to get to kind of quickly because we're running out of time. We are. As the backstabbiness, which was so delicious, is Lisa goes to uh, goes to Jen to talk about the fact that some guy that Jen used to uh, uh, work with who made a lot of her dresses for her events in season one had there was some kind of audio that was leaked. Uh, of of her berating him and saying some very ugly, disgusting, disturbing things to this guy. And so Lisa thought it was important that she know that Whitney, her products were seen on this guy's like Instagram feed. And so that he had been gifted some products apparently from Whitney. Now I love how Lisa and Whitney are supposed to now be friends finally. And Lisa, mm. they're healing their, they healed their relationship through pole dancing or something, some pole dancing class or something, which brings bringing friendships and, and people together. Anyway, apparently it hasn't healed them <laughs> that much because she couldn't wait to tell Jen, oh, I I just feel like if somebody uh, publicly uh, made me look bad, my people, my friend group should not be gifting them. And so I thought that that was kind of delicious. And Jen gets all upset about how this guy made her look bad. And how did he make her look bad? Apparently releasing a recording of her looking bad. Saying horrible, horrible things. Right. Well, and and that's the thing. It's like you know what you, your problem is not with that you said something that was uh, not nice and uh, mean and berating to somebody else. Your problem was that they released it. So I'm like, it's it's not like there's not truth to it because the audio was released. So why are you upset? If anything, you need to be um, apologizing and apologetic. To this individual, instead not even of, a little bit. Not she, not at all. She is uh, so concerned with how it makes it makes her look. So now you're going to get on somebody because they got some little raggedy products. How do you know that these people? Because she was, he was your assistant before, right, in helping you. How maybe he got on the um list. A that's long what, time that's ago. What, that's what Whitney said, that he was probably on the list of people that uh, automatically there are people that whenever product products right. Um, when you're going to be trying to help orphans out by uh, uh, giving them beard oil, yes, you will send some of those products out to the press so they can write about it. Exactly. So he was probably on that press list. She probably just put him on the press list and wasn't even thinking about it. Who's going to be like, oh, well, he, I'm taking him off. She wasn't thinking about him. So I'm, I'm waiting to see whether or not this becomes a bigger thing. And if it does, that means you all don't have that much to talk about. Okay, so the last thing we need to talk about, because uh, which is really interesting, because this is the prelude to everything that began, uh, that, that the season began with Jen Shaw being arrested by the, uh, the feds. The feds basically converging when the ladies are about to go off on a uh, trip together. So Meredith uh, shares the fact that sh- there's some seven or eight room ski chalet that she has uh, access to in Vail, Colorado, and because her husband's busy working in Mississippi, he's not going to be able to join her. First of all, what's weird about that to me when she said that, I'm like, wait a minute, let's say that this isn't for production. If your husband was available, why do you need seven rooms for you and your husband to go on a trip together, seven bedrooms? But that's just me. That's just me. Fine. So the ski chalet um uh she's talking like should i invite uh she's she's asked uh is she gonna invite jen shaw and because of the tension they've had 
uh, over what happened with her son, Brooks, and uh, Jen, or somebody who's in charge of Jen Shaw's um, Twitter account, liking things that were kind of disparaging about, that were said that were disparaging about Meredith's son. And so finally, they're supposed to have healed things because Jen finally apologized for all of that. And um, even though she didn't really admit, she said she should have uh, been watching who was in charge of her social media or whatever, whatever. And so, of course, Mm. I love how they even pretend like there's a possibility that they're going to go on this trip without Jen. So Jen is invited, but not directly through Meredith. Um, Heather is the one that's the messenger and tells Jen that she's been invited. Jen's upset that she wasn't invited directly by Meredith, but she's going to go up to Vail to confront Meredith about why they aren't truly healed after she apologized to Brooks. And so that's where the episode ends. But we know next week we're going to finally see everything that went down. We got a tease in the first episode of the season about the arrest. We're going to actually see it go down next week. And I literally cannot wait. Isn't it sad that we're waiting for somebody to get arrested? <laughs> well, I'm waiting to see how it all goes down. I mean, she's yeah. currently in lockup, I believe. She no, she's not. Jail. Yeah, so uh, what the funny thing is at the beginning of the episode, we see one of her assistants, because she has multiple personal assistants. That, that's when you know you're up to some shifty stuff. Either you are a reverend, or you have several personal assistants. Either one means you're up to shifty stuff. But anyway... Oh. Um, so, so her, which she's literally feeding him a banana and she's, and, and she, and she's telling him, Yo, like, keep making me money and I'll feed you. And so she's feeding him a banana as he's on the computer doing something and just like, apparently something shady. Yes, because that's a, that's a, the, the whole, if you remember from last, all the allegations is that's where the shady business was all this, uh, com- computer something that they were doing. So, mm. And that, that's yeah. what I think. You know what must be the easiest job in the world right now is being an IRS auditor. Because all you have to do is watch Bravo and you get a list of people <laughs> that you need to whose records you need to look at with a fine tooth comb. Because so many people on Bravo shows have been brought down by feds, fed prosecutors, by uh auditors. They just keep it just just check out Bravo for a list of people to arrest next because these people don't file the right taxes i'm like you make a damn enough file your damn taxes but they don't one thing we didn't talk about because they really didn't spotlight her on this episode but just in our last minute i gotta say we gotta talk about the newest housewife on salt lake city is uh uh uh, genie or uh is it jenny um the she's asian her the whole storyline with her is she, they have three children. She had literally multiple miscarriages and one child who died shortly after birth. Her husband wants more children. And because she doesn't want to even try anymore, he basically is talking about bringing in a, a, a sister wife because he wants to have more children. I could not believe it. And the more shocking part, the most shocking part was the first time this was ever brought to her attention that he wants to bring on a new wife is on television with a camera crew is when he brings this up to her for the very first time again i've got to go back to potomac and chris there are many other women that are options out there for you dump candace if you can't if you don't like robin i believe you need to go to salt lake city and contact jenny because she is a gorgeous woman and she is not a horrible shrew like your current wife 
Well, with that, we've got a few seconds to sign off. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here for the live TV channeling show. Kevin, uh, don't you have a question to ask me? Oh, Tachi, how can people uh, listen to our show other than how they're listening right now? On Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, WJMSRadio.com, and TVChanneling.com. And Kevin, you're about to get kicked off, so I'll bring you back up so that you can sign us off. And I'm glad that you all were here. Here he comes, back again. Come on, Kevin. And he's joining us in three, two, and one. So, Kevin, just in case someone... Johnny, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So, Kevin, just in case uh, somebody decides that they completely disagree with you on everything that you've said today, how can they reach out to us on social to uh, let you know that? Well, I can't think of why they'd have a problem with any... I didn't say anything remotely controversial in this episode, so I'd be shocked if they would have a problem. Oh, boy. But if they did for some weird reason... (laughs) <laughs> they could attack me on Facebook. They could come after me on uh, Instagram or berate me on Twitter. We are TV channeling everywhere, and we would love to hear from you. So if there is a show you'd like us to recap, if there's a show you'd like us to review, or if there's something going on in pop culture and in show business you want to hear our take on, let us know. And if you give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram and, and friend us on, on uh, Facebook, we will not be mad about it. At all. And with that, we are going to let you all get back to whatever you were doing before you started listening to us. We sincerely appreciate everybody who was listening to you live. So we're going to sign off the way we always sign off. Bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, here on TV Channeling, we watch bad TV so you don't have to. Like somebody marrying their Uncle Daddy or their (laughs) step-grandfather. Cheers. (laughs) Bye.